welcome to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life, but open to all to enjoy and share. My name is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You, through interviews with various experts and professionals on relationships, investing, self-worth, entrepreneurship, love, and health. This podcast is committed to empowering and spreading knowledge and motivation to all. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hello, everyone. This is Netalina, the CEO and the host of the Rise Up For You podcast. Welcome to today's episode. I'm excited for today's episode because we get to talk um, about the financial world again, and this is always a topic that is a little bit more difficult to bring to the table. So today we're going to be talking with a friend of mine. Her name is Alexandra Rand. Alexandra takes pride in helping clients by offering products that can help provide tax reduction strategies, increase their future savings, and protect the things most important to them. As a licensed professional, she provides a variety of solutions and services that enable her clients to meet their insurance and financial needs, including but not limited to college funding, retirement, and lifetime income strategies. So this is a really important topic that as we get older, a lot of us tend to stress about or worry about or maybe lack the tools and the knowledge in. So today, Alexandra is going to be talking with us about how to prepare for your future, how to save and how to invest money. So rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Okay, great. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Um, I'm honored to have you. And we always like to start off the show by letting the audience get to know our guest. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? So I help people with their financial planning to achieve their financial goals, whether it be owning a home, retirement, and even a college education funding for children. So tell us a little bit about how you got into this field, why it's important to you, and what what motivates you every day to do what you're doing here. Yeah, I have sort of a a varied background. Um, How I got here, the short story is I have a very good friend who's made a a strong career here as a financial planner and recommended, highly recommended that I look at it, and I'm I'm glad she did. The long story is that um, in my varied background, I I, I was in sales and marketing with salon management and veterinary sciences and, and a few other things. My most recent career was an account manager for a credit reporting company, and what I saw was people who weren't able to realize their goal of owning a home uh, which of course I saw the end result of maybe some credit issues but I know that that really came from maybe not being prepared for a down economy it could have been due to sickness not saving enough uh, maybe not having the right advisement when it came to their money so I wanted to be part of that solution and I really thought you know if somebody had talked to me when I was younger it, it probably would have helped me quite a bit and then my aha moment was hey I could be that person I can be that person to help people realize their dreams and make better choices both for the expected and the unexpected I love that and this is one of my favorite topics to talk about on the podcast but I'll be honest we don't talk about it much because I find it hard to find people that um are, are ready and willing to talk about investing and saving for your future. And um, so if anyone's listening and you do this, please send me an email. <laughs> but, you know, for women, it's really difficult 
to get their mindset to think that way. Um, sometimes we rely on others. We become dependent on others. And I know for me personally, I've been around a ton of women in my family that haven't thought in this way. They haven't saved money. They didn't understand investing. And, you know, when the man passed away or when something, you know, happened like divorce or whatever, they didn't know what to do and they were stuck. Some of them ended up, you know, being homeless and there's just so many different risks to taking, um, if you're not aware. So what are your takes on that and what advice can you give us? I think, and I agree with you and I've seen that, um, and it is very difficult, especially when it's someone that you care for and you sort of feel helpless that whether it's, uh, you know, age reasons, cultural, whatever, you know, I think that there are some women who feel like they, they need to take a, a step back and let the man control it. But I also find that men really also appreciate that um, the women, have, you know, we're talking about a married couple or uh, partners or, or significant others to sort of also take a hand in that. It's a lot of responsibility for the person, whoever it is that's managing finances, that they're doing it solely and and providing for the family and looking forward to the future, saving, investing, whatever it is. And I find that the person who's who's got the weight on their shoulders, they may really appreciate the help and making sure that everyone has their, their thoughts. Um, you know, when I work with, with couples... Again, I always include the spouse, the significant other, uh, the partner, to make sure that all the stakeholders are at the table. It's a family decision. Uh, When you are with someone and you're creating a future with them, that includes finances. Having said that, I I have recently worked with a lot of women who they keep things separate and the women are taking everything into their own hands and they want to know how to make better financial decisions. And I work with them and that's perfectly fine as well. I find that those tend to women tend to be a little bit younger because I think that they realize they've seen what we've seen. You know, they've, they've seen maybe previous generations that really didn't have a hand in the family finances and, and the direction that they went and see that it didn't work out well for them. Um, and particularly when maybe they lose a spouse and that spouse was the one that was in control of everything, they're really lost. And so it also shows the appreciation that you have in the other spouse to me to include them in that, to not put them in that position. Make sure that they understand what direction you're going in and why and that everyone is, uh, all the stakeholders are have a part in that. Yeah, and now that I think about it and just listening to you talk, there are quite a few women that I know in my generation now that are a little bit, um, I would say maybe in their 30s, that as they're getting married and moving on, they are keeping true to having separate accounts. And maybe they have one mutual account with their husband, but they're not putting all of their assets and all of their money in one, um, one mutual fund. Um, is, that, is that a step that you think is important to take as a female, or does it just depend on the couple and the family? I think it, it depends on the family dynamic, certainly, but I don't think that that's a bad idea. You know, it, I'm not a big, huge proponent of everybody putting their eggs in one basket, and that might mean keeping things separate um, individually when it comes to the, their finances, investments, uh, you know, where they put it, especially if they have sort of different viewpoints about that. I do find that some couples, one maybe want to be much more aggressive than the other, and so they separate things. But in the long run, what you want to make sure is that it's, it's well-balanced and diversified enough that 
that one thing compensates for another and that could be, you know, both either with the individual person or if they put things together, just make sure that they have a diversified portfolio. Okay. So what are some, what are some tips that you can give us? So to be, become more knowledgeable, to understand about investing and to make sure that we're setting ourselves up right, um, for our future, especially as women, um, maybe if we're in a relationship, we have small kids and we just want to make sure that if, you know, God forbid anything were to happen to our family, we're able to cover ourselves and take care of our children, ourselves and our family. Exactly. I like that you also mentioned taking care of the family and children. We can invest in all kinds of things, but really if we don't have the, the protection in place through like life insurance, um, you can invest all you want, but that won't necessarily help the kids get through college or the family stay in the home because the mortgage or the rent needs to be paid or whatever. Give, give your family that safety net as well to make sure that that's in place. That's really a foundation. And then we can do all the fun stuff on top of that, the investment, whether we want to add real estate to our portfolio, whatever it is. But having that safety net is, is truly a foundation, like you're building a home and everything else uh, is built up on that. So you, as uh, far as, uh, sorry to interrupt. Sorry? I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Are you saying, so that's the first step. So we should make sure that there's a good insurance plan involved. Yes. Okay. That is, that is the foundation of cornerstone of any financial plan. Okay. Perfect. I just wanted to make that clear. Um, for everyone that's listening to us, if they don't have that in plan, because I'm sure as you know, there are quite a f- few people today that don't have that. Right. We're completely underinsured uh, as a country. And in fact, here in the West, we have the largest gap. What we want to make sure is what we're covering with life insurance is to make sure that our family still has the income that they were expecting if we were to continue that income. So if that means if you feel safe with 10 years of income to your family, if something were to happen, you could build it that way. If you are looking for if you have young children and you have a mortgage, maybe it's 20 years of protecting your income. But you want to make sure that your family has that in place because if something were to happen to you, especially a breadwinner, someone who is financially contributing to the home, what position would that put your family in? They have to worry about how am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to put food on the table? Um, And this is a time when they're grieving and you want to allow them to grieve with dignity. You want to allow them to have that safety net so that they can make other decisions. And that is done through life insurance being the cornerstone of that. Okay. And so then what would the next step be? Once we lock down our life insurance um, and now we want to get into a little bit more um, investing, what would be, what's the next step for us? Well, since investing is so personal and it's really based on so much, your your goals, your age horizon, uh, your financial, uh, uh, your finances, your current finances, so many things. There's really no one size fits all. So I recommend people see a financial advisor, even at least just to understand your, maybe your benefits at work, because of course we have wonderful things that it can be provided at work for our future, but we don't really have any guidance on if there's a match, should we go to the match or should we go beyond the match? And that sometimes depends on your 
what you're trying to accomplish, whether you want to save on taxes or what that might be, how to invest, uh, how to invest based on your profile. Are you aggressive? Are you moderate? Are you conservative? All of those things. And it's very difficult to do on your own. I know there's a lot of information online, but that's also the problem. There's a lot of information online and it's so hard for people to, to really go through that. So I recommend you seek a professional who can make a customized plan specifically for you. And you want to make sure that you share with them where you are now, where you want to be in particular, like retirement. What does that look like? Well, for some people, it looks like I want to live by a lake and go fishing every day. For other people, it's I want to travel the world or I want to travel across the U.S. So be clear about what your goals are and seek the proper professional to help you with that. They should be able to take what you're doing and put that into a plan and and take a look at it. I have a software that I work with my clients that I take everything they're doing now, I take all the information from them of where they want to be and what that looks like. What does your retirement look like when you close your eyes and think about it and how much that's going to take to sustain. It's not always how much money you retire with, but the income you can create when you're retired, right? You, while you're working, that's where your paycheck comes. When you're retired, you need to create a paycheck for you, right? So work with someone who can, who can do that for you and objectively help you get there and create a plan specifically for you and make sure that you continue to update it uh, at least annually, if not quarterly. Okay, so I'm just trying to think in my brain here to kind of put step by step. We talked about getting a plan, an insurance plan, lifetime insurance plan for the family, for ourselves. And then the next thing would be to kind of map out where we want to be um, when it's time to retire, like what we're looking for. Is that correct? When we retire? And then that way we can be with a, you know, uh, a mentor that can help us build what we need to build in order to reach that goal once we're ready. Correct. Okay, so then the third step or the next step would be investing in maybe just additional things to provide an additional income, or, or is that correct? Yeah, and that's different for, for different people. Some people really feel strongly about real estate. Others feel strongly about being in the market, uh, maybe you know mutual funds, other things. So they all also have some tax implications, so you want to make sure you're uh, advising with a professional to see what that looks like in in way of making sure that the income, a lot of people don't realize that things like their 401k are going to be taxed when they're going to use them. So that reduces the amount that they have access to. So you want to have something that's also going to counterbalance that maybe something that is invested in uh, where you pay after tax dollars, gross tax deferred, and then usage income tax free. There's a couple of different ways to do that. Like muni bonds, um, Roth IRA and cash value life insurance, for instance. Okay, wonderful. Any other advice or tips you would give us in regards to investing and kind of making sure that we are set up and have a plan for the future or in case of emergency? Yeah, you just want to make sure that you have a clear understanding of your goal and know that you have options. Um, I also love that you just said plan in case of an emergency. I find a lot of people want to invest and do all the fun and sexy things They haven't really taken care of making sure they have savings. Your savings is your wallet. It's your emergency fund. And you want to have minimum three to six months of your 
of your monthly needs uh, to as a buffer. And that's pretty much all you need. You don't want to have a lot sitting in savings necessarily because it's not even going to keep up with inflation and you're going to lose your buying power. You don't want to do that. You want to uh, outpace inflation to make sure you have buying power. However, the caveat to that is maybe if you're going to buy a home, I could see, you know, I have clients that have a significant amount of savings, but because they're saving and they need that liquidity and short term for something that they're going to be doing soon. Outside of that, for long term, you can put it in something that uh, is going to be much more beneficial to you than having it sitting in the bank. But again, we as a country don't have the savings that we should. And you want to make sure that you've got that buffer for the emergency, like you said. Can you say one? Can you say one more time? Um, let's say per month. What would you think is a good percent to save of your um, your paycheck, monthly paycheck? Yeah, rule of thumb would be three to six months of your monthly expenses. So I sit down with my clients. One of the first things I do is go through a budget. Some clients come; they have their own Excel spreadsheets. They know exactly what they need each month, and that's great. Um, but I also have uh, the sit down a, a spreadsheet, simple spreadsheet that I use and, and I share with my clients that they like that goes through every what do we need each month for to pay mortgage or rent? What do we need to pay car insurance? What do we need to pay for cell phones? All of those things to make sure that A, we're staying within the appropriate budget and B, so that people know what they need to save. So you could, I, I know 10%, I think is, is a rule that I've heard. I recommend three to six months of your monthly expenses. Okay. And like, let's just break it down even simpler. So if we're doing it by month, let's say every month we get our paycheck, what would you say? 10% of our paycheck, 5%, 20%. I think 10% would be ideal. 5% okay. is, is probably closer to what people can reasonably save these days. I think sometimes really, huh? So oftentimes, yeah, you know, we, we find a lot, the more money we make, the more we find things to spend, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's a hundred percent true. I've been a victim of this as well. <laughs> okay. So 5%, well, that's not very much though, right? I mean, I don't think it's very much. I try my best to save at least 25%. I mean, it doesn't always happen, but that's my goal. Yeah. No, again, I think 10% would be ideal. Um, but again, it also depends if, if you're saving three to six months of your monthly expenses, that could be different for some people. It could be a thousand dollars a month for some people. It could be fifty bucks a month for some people. So that's sort of why I come from that approach as well. But okay. that helps you know if you save ten percent, it may not be enough. It may not be the three to six months that you need of your expenses. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I just have a few more questions. It's our power section. Can you tell me what's one book that you have read that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend? Well, I am a huge Ariana Huffington fan. Um, and so Thrive is a book that I enjoyed. I, I also saw her speak um, about the book and writing it. What strikes me is uh, her experience at, at the beginning where she found herself basically on the floor of her office with her head cracked open and um, thinking, is this, is this having, is this what having it all looks like? So, you know, she's got some great suggestions about taking, and obviously that woman does so much um, and I admire her, but she also understands taking care of yourself, putting, she recommends putting the cell phone, you know, away at night um, and, and really being able to focus on what's important 
And that really got me thinking about being in the moment. I find that if my brain is always working all the time on work and what I should be doing, um, I'm not enjoying time with my family. And that's what's important or, or whatever it is, but really being in the moment and enjoying it. Okay. And what's one thing that you've accomplished that you're proud of? There are a few things that I feel like it's more of a trait, a trait of mine, which is to embrace what I'm doing and make sure that I am always sort of noodling on it. So I went into the animal sciences industry for several years. I didn't have any experience in animal sciences or veterinary sciences or even, you know, biology and anatomy for, for as far as companion animals are concerned. But I read as much as I could. I really educated myself so that I could do that job well. When I came here uh, with New York Life, I it was important to me to have the proper training. I still continue to make sure that I train myself I have access to uh, to support system and just really making sure that I keep that that trait or that value or whatever it is inside me that makes me always want to be doing better and always want to know that I'm helping not only myself but my clients. Awesome. And are there any routines that help you get a positive rise in your life? Maybe do you have a, a daily routine, something that you do in the morning? Yeah. So my daily routines, I ha- I keep. I want to start my day off right, so I keep a gallon of water by my bathroom sink and a cup to make sure that I start drinking water right off the bat. I try and drink at least three eight-ounce glasses before I leave in the morning because I know throughout the day I get busy and I get dehydrated, which leads to headaches and fatigue, foggy brain, so I always want to make sure that I'm properly hydrated and uh, start that right away. I think one of the other rituals that I have is listening to motivating podcasts on my way into work or as I drive around. One, of course, being Rise Up For You. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) And others that just really help me get in the right uh, mindset when I walk in the office or when I have my first appointment and feel empowered and know that I can change lives. That's so, that's amazing. That's great. And is there anything that we didn't get a chance to talk about today that you would like to say or share with us? I think just, again, knowing that we have options, that uh, this is a time when we can seek out help to educate ourselves. Prior generations had things a little bit easier, especially when it came to their finances. They had pensions, uh, Social Security covered the majority of or a large part of what their needs were, they didn't really have to rely on their savings and a lot of their personal assets to get get by. Now things are different. Uh, we don't have access to pensions. We uh, really have to bear the burden. It's on our own shoulders to, to create our future, make sure that we're saving enough or investing or whatever that looks like for us. But know that you have options and know that it'll all come out right if we've done the right planning. I love that. So how do we stay connected to you and how do we support you? Now, I know you're based in Southern California. Is that correct? I am. My office is in Glendale. Okay. So how do we support you um, if we're not from the West area? And if we are, how do we support you and get in contact with you? Well, I am on social media. So I have a Facebook page, uh, uh, of course, Alexandra Rand. And I also have a website, um, there you go. So it's www.newyorklife. 
www.newyorklife.com slash agent slash a rand and you can log on and send me your contact information and i can follow up with you awesome great thank you so much thank you I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. If so, please share it with your friends and your family. You can post it on social media and just help us spread the word. We would really, really appreciate it. And if you haven't already, you can head over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast and let us know how we're doing. You can leave us a review and a rating of the podcast because we would love to know how we're doing and we want your help to be better. Plus, this really is one of the best ways to support our podcast Rise Up for you. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Podcast Directory, Blueberry, and of course, if you head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, you can check out all of the show notes and listen to the podcasts on the website. Thank you again for tuning in to Rise Up For You. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.